This is Zombie Chickens Podcast, where two heads are better than one, even if they're undead. My name is Marnay. And my name is Megan. And in this episode, we are discussing the 10 most dangerous highways of the world. Yes. So, very dangerous... roads (laughs) roads <laughs> wow megan wow <laughs> just, I, 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 I felt like i had to give me input but clearly <laughs> dangerous roads. <laughs> so insightful you know just i bring all the brains okay um i knew a lot of these roads because i followed top gear Oh, and they did, they went to a lot of the dangerous roads. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. Um, And it's cock scary. I mean, really, it is. Did you know any of the roads that were mentioned? Some of them, and probably also because of Top Gear, but um, not all of them. Mm, Same year. But it's always those places um, that's with the high altitudes, yeah, I've I've saw most of them is like really high above um, sea level, mm. and like a lot of them said, oh, there's a lack of oxygen. <laughs> it's like, okay, is that is that the reason why they built the roads because uh-huh. of the lack of oxygen? And while I was trying, while I was doing research for this topic, I kept thinking if we have any dangerous road in South Africa, and technically we don't really have. But we do Mm. also, because remember, we have the um, pass towards the Steenbras River, Steenbras Dam, and and that bridge over there, there's a lot of people um, that commit suicide by driving over the bridge. Fuck, really? I don't even know that. No, there's a lot of people that, they do say, commit suicide by driving over the bridge, which is quite a long drop. It's Mm. about a, what, 10 meter drop? seven ten meter drop is between that and there's very very sharp rocks at the bottom mm. and the sea um go goes over the rocks when it's high tide as well so you will if you survive you will drown eventually Jeez. eventually yeah with um, the tide rising you know <clears throat> yeah but yeah. um there was i know a couple of months ago there was someone that i don't know if it was by accident drove over it but also the pass towards um royals there's a lot of rock falls yeah. there. Because mm-hmm. remember that one time when we went away on holiday, there were rock falls. Yeah, in the and road. that is quite a scary. It's very, very narrow and it's also like right up against a cliff. Exactly. So it is also. And you um, have a very far way down to fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, like the visual distance around the corners and the bends isn't very far. So mm-hmm. it is. If someone slightly goes over the middle line while coming around the corner, it's 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 gonna be a head to head yeah collision definitely, and one or one of those cars will end up in the water, at least one of the cars. Yes. Yeah. Not might not be both, but at least one of them. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually quite a scary pass to drive. No, definitely, and especially with wet weather. Yeah. And that and also dark and wet, and that obviously also creates more of an ideal situation for the rocks to fall because mm. of the mud on the cliffs. 
So mm-hmm. obviously that's why there's a lot of rock mm-hmm. falling. Yeah, but I couldn't really think of any road that's... No. Well, any road is um, scary because we have taxis. And they drive, <laughs> drive like yeah. maniacs. Yeah, I think any road in South Africa is scary just because of the people on the road. Especially in Cape Town. I saw, oh my word, Cape Town. I saw this TikTok of a, a, a woman in South Africa and she said, um, do you want to know how much confidence I have in South African driving? <laughs> I look both ways when I cross a one-way street. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Exactly. Then I realized, what, I was like, I fucking do that too. Like, it's exactly. a one-way road and I look both ways. <laughs> Because you know there will be yeah. one motherfucker that yeah. will drive down that one road. Because I've had it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Fuck, they just don't care, man. Oh, my word. And it's because they get away with this shit. That's why they That's don't care. That's the one thing yeah. as well. Now, for the people overseas, taxis is not the taxi you think of. It's a minibus loaded with 20 or 30 odd people where there's supposed to be like 12 or 15 people <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the taxi. And... Yeah, yeah, that's how far I can go with and this. And the reason why they drive so it's because they um, they're relying on time. Yes. The quicker they get to places, the quicker they can get more people, get more money. Mm. Um. So obviously they very very stressed on time always. Mm. So they can't wait for shit. Mm. So you'll see them rushing around all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're very impatient. And they mm. will squeeze in any Anywhere. space. Mm-hmm. They will drive on the skirting just to get past mm. a couple of cars. Yeah. And believe me, they don't give a fuck where you all. stand. They will push in in front of you. Yep. But um, sadly enough, that's how um, transport is in South Africa. Because it's one of the cheapest ways yeah, to, to get around. To get so around. Trains, trains are... Not safe at the moment. I mean, the taxis are not safe as well, but it's the quickest and the cheapest way yeah. to get somewhere. Definitely. It's a taxi. Yeah, Uber is thing, too expensive. Yeah, and this Uber, Uber is way too expensive. And the thing with the train as well is that you with the train, you need to go from the station. So a lot of people need, need to anyway get in a taxi to get where they need to be. From the station. From the station. So mm. there's a lot of them don't see the point, so they just take a taxi. Mm. Which is understandable, because it's so much easier mm. just to do a taxi then. And the thing with, uh, sadly, with our public road system is we we don't have a really good system with public transport. No, not at all. We have buses, but it's, I mean, it's not like you have buses going to, let's say, from here to Cape Town six times a day. Yeah, no. It's about two times or yeah. three times, and that's it. And that's um, in the godly hours of the morning, which mm-hmm. is about half past five from then on. Yeah. But even the same with the train. There's on- literally only one train that comes to Strand. Mm. And that train goes up and down the whole day. But you still need to wait for it because it's only one train. Mm-hmm. So where we live, that train only comes, say, every couple of hours, mm. hour maybe. But it's it's not, it's, you have to wait. Mm. And if you miss that train, if you're at a certain point in, the, in, in Cape Town and mm. you miss that train, uh, you, you have to wait for it to come back and turn mm. around and then get on it again or get on it while... But then you have a long train ride. But still, it's mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's not very convenient. That's why taxi is also convenient. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, any case. So, at number 10, mm. we have the Karako, Karakoram Highway, which is from Pakistan to China. Mm. Anyway, it is known by its initials as KKH, also known as the N35 or National Highway 35. And it is also said to be the highest paved international road in the world, running between Western China and Pakistan, like I mm. said. Um, the two-way road is 1,300 kilometers long, or 810 <laughs> miles. That's fucking long. That is so long. That's basically from here to Joburg. Jeez. More or less. Um, and it runs through disputed Kashmir from Asan Abdal, a small town near Ra- Rawalpundi, and Islamabad, to Kashgar in Xinjiang province, western China. The road is open all year except for the Kunjara Pass, a mountain pass at an elevation of 4,693 meters high or 15,997 feet above sea level. Holy crap. And it's only open between 1 May and 31 December due to heavy snow. The heavy snow during harsh winters can shut the highway down for extended periods. Heavy monsoon rains around July and August cause occasional landslides that can block the road for hours or more. Drive with care as this is a mountain road with hairpin curves and dangerous drop-offs. I've seen photos. It's scary as fuck. Yeah. It's scary as fuck. It's beautiful scenery. <laughs> You'll have a beautiful scenery as you drop down from the open <laughs> curve. But um, it's fucking scary. Yeah, I think um, you can't even stop for a second to enjoy the scenery. You just need to concentrate on the road. Exactly. But the construction of the road started in 1959 and opened to the public in 1986 after 27 years of corded drilling and construction jeez 810 pakistani and 82 chinese workers lost their lives mostly in landslides and falls while building the highway Damn. that's a lot of deaths mm-hmm. some sections must be cleared and repaired regularly sometimes they need to rebuild when parts of the road disappeared According to China's state-owned Asset Supervision and Administration Commission, let's say that again, China's state-owned Assets Supervision and Administration Commission, yes, <laughs> the road is going to be improved in, in the next few years. The width of the highway will be expanded from 10 meters to 30 meters. Well, that's good to know. Okay. And its transport capacity will be increased t- three times. But the reason why it disappears is because of the landslides. Yeah, but now when they extend it, I'm guessing they're going to have to carve into the mountain then. It doesn't say. It, I couldn't see where they explained, you know, if they're going to carve into um, the mountain or... If they're going to extend like a platform, but that's going to be know. too... They're probably going to go through to, the mountain. They have to because obviously if there's landslides, I don't mm. think it's very stable. Mm. But as well as the upgraded road, there will be const- it will also be constructed to particularly accommodate heavy laden vehicles and extreme weather conditions. Owing largely to the extremely sensitive state of the Kashmir conflict between India and Pakistan, the Karakoram Highway 
has strategic and military importance. In 2010, a part of the road was submerged to a landslide in the Hansa Valley. In 2015, the damaged road was replaced with the construction of a masterpiece known as Atabat Lake Tunnel. It is a series of five tunnels nestled at 2,500 meters above the sea level. The new built section is 24 kilometers or 15 miles long and comprised of two bridges, 78 culverts, what the fuck that even means, and five tunnels with a total length of 7 kilometers at a cost of $275 million. Lekker. Jeez. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is the road safe or dangerous? Some say it's the most curious road in the world. The drive is not easy, not advisable to take cars, but a 4x4 is preferred. Damn. Do not attempt this road with a car that does not perform well in the elements. The road is extremely treacherous and reaches a and requires a vehicle that can hold its own against some of the world's most unforgiving terrain in the world. Drive with care as this is a mountain road with hairpin curves and potential steep falls with hundreds of meters on the left side and a very unstable mountain with a high risk of rock falls, especially when raining on the right side. With absolutely no barrier on the one side, a sheer rock fall on the other, the margin of driver error is very slim. To make matters worse, the area is prone to floods and landslides. It is well a marvel of civil, civil engineering. It is said to be the eighth wonder of the world due to its high elevation and the difficult conditions in which it was constructed. Huh. Yeah. Fun okay. fact. So no, I will not be driving on this road. No. Thank you very much. Will I, you? No, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't think even think I want to walk there. <laughs> like, uh, I'm good. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll skip that one. Yeah. Uh, preferably I'll skip that one <laughs> number nine is um, the 99 bend road to heaven and it is in China it's beautiful also one thing that I noticed a lot of these has to do with China but again remember China is a massive country yes but like clearly they want people to live dangerous dangerously on the road or something <laughs> Um, okay, but so the reason why it's called 99 Bend is because it literally has 99, 99 bends. bends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So located within the Thai Tianmen Mountain National Park in north northwestern Yumen Province, China, the Tianmen Shanbi Gate Road, also called the Tianmen Winding Mountain Road, is 11 kilometers, which is 6.8 miles long, from the bottom to the top. The highest point of the road is at 1,300 meter above sea level, hmm. and the lowest point is 200 meters above sea level. The construction of the road took eight years, finishing in 2006. To get there, you need to drive up Tongtian Avenue avenue towards heaven which has 99 turns symbolizing that heaven has 99 palaces oh i never knew that there are also 999 stairs called tianan stairs also known as tianti or the celestial slash heaven reaching ladder 
climb before you reach the peak where Heaven's Gate, a natural rock arch that was believed to be the link between the gods and the mortal world awaits. Hmm. And there's no platforms for stopping. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> the road is incredibly narrow and winding with extremely narrow tunnels. And this road, which spirals rapidly upwards from 200 meters to 1,300 meters above sea level, offers a view of a long winding road which looks like a dragon ascending from the mountains. The rhythmically winding sections appear to be stacked. Concrete slabs for form the surface and provide sufficient adhesion, but also an extremely bumpy surface. Due to the high elevation of the mountain, the daytime is longer than the night hours and the temperature on the mountain is about 10 degrees centigrade, lower than the Xiangjiajie city. The sunrise on the mountain is 30, million, 30 minutes earlier and the sunset is 45 minutes later than in the city areas. That's actually quite cool. Mm. Despite its young age, the road has already earned mythical status. <clears throat> the locals speak respectfully of it, winding its way up the mountain like a flying dragon. The driver should be extra careful during the drive, taking it slow and paying attention to every curve and turn. Not being overly careful could make it too easy to junk a car, or worse, injure and even kill passengers. The scenery, ha uh, the scenery looks beautiful, but take your eyes off the road for a second and you're on the fast way down to the bottom. The roads are scary with many twists and turns and certainly not for the faint-hearted. Faint -hearted. What makes it scary is its dangerous curves and turns. The 99 bends have it all. Almost every one of them is tight, a tight hairpin curve separated only by concrete blocks from the steeply steeply sloping abyss at the top there's a heaven's a heaven gate a natural rock arch <laughs> the scenery is extremely beautiful but taking your eyes off the road for a second may take you to actual heaven <laughs> oh let's hope um yeah <laughs> Uh, if the road is a little too scary for you, there's an alternative. You can take the cable car straight from the city, which they claim is the longest cableway in the world with a distance of 7,455 meters and a height gap of 1,279 meters. Which, which is, is 7 kilometers long. Yeah, and 4,196 feet. With an unusual gradient of seven, 37 degrees. That's quite steep. Mm -hmm. The main feature scenic spots are centralized in the north part of Xiangjiajie city, Wulingyangyuan scenic area which became China's first national forest park in 1983. However, this road is not open to public traffic only for some special competitions such as a cycle races such as cycle races tourists can take the Tianmen mountain cableway from Xiangjiajie railway station to enjoy the beautiful scenery and get a bird's eye view of the road oh. mm. so i think it's not open to public but like certain commercials and like um for certain tv shows events and things they probably open it up for them for like 
I don't know why I think that Top Gear was their ones. I think they were, and that's how I know about it. Mm. And that's why I'm saying I think they're open for like special mm. features because, um, like they said, it's not open to public. Mm. But yeah, so um, that is um, the 99 Ben Road to Heaven. <laughs> well, at number eight, we have the Pan American Highway, which is Alaska to Chile. It is a network of roads stretching across the American continent and measuring about 30,000 kilometers. Damn! Which is 19,000 miles in total length. Jeez! Yep. Except for a rainforest break of approximately 106 kilometers, which is 66 miles, across the border between southeast Panama and northwest Colombia, which is called the Darien Gap. The roads link almost all of the Pacific coastal countries of the Americas in a connected highway system. According to Guinness World Records, the Pan American Highway is the world's longest motorable road. However, because of the Darien Gap, it is not possible to cross between South America and Central America Mm. with conventional highway vehicles. Okay. Without an all-terrain vehicle, the only way to safely navigate the stretch is by sea. So, like a ferry or something. Yeah. The Pan-American Highway passes through many diverse climates and ecological types, ranging from dense jungles to arid deserts and barren tundra. Some areas are fully possible by during the dry season, and, many, and in many regions driving is occasionally hazardous. The concept of an overland r- route from the tip of, Amer- of the Americas to the other side was originally proposed as a railroad at the first pan-american conference in 1889 however the proposal was never realized the concept of building a highway emerged at the fifth international conference of american states in 1923 after the automobile and other vehicles had begun to replace uh, replace railroads for both passengers and goods the first conference regarding construction of the highway occurred on the 1st of October, 1925. Finally, on July 29, 1937, in later years of the Great Depression, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Canada and the United States signed the Convention of the Pan-American Highway whereby they agreed to achieve speedy construction by all adequate means. In 1950, Mexico became the first Latin American country to complete its portion of the highway. So this is an interesting fact about the Darien Gap. So again, it's between Panama and Colombia, and it's 60 miles of territory shrouded in mystery and danger and very tentative tourism to those who want to credit for passing through one of the world's most dangerous areas unscathed. As part of his research, Rutko visited the veritable no man's land to gather live interviews with indigenous people of the Panama Security Force, among others, in order to tell a story of the still incomplete stretch of a Pan-American highway. So this is a fun fact. It costs about $2,415 in gasoline to travel the road in, in, in its entirety. But that's only if, or if you assume that the ga- gasoline is about $3 per gallon. 
Damn. Mm -hmm. But besides the wild animals, you can encounter the FARC rebels, which is the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, who often take captives and hold them for ransom, sometimes for years, while others never escape their makeshift jungle prisons. Wow. So that's what will await you in the Darien Gap. Damn. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Say. I'm good. Um, okay, so number seven is the Sichuan Tibet Highway, also China. The Sichuan Tibet, Tibet Highway is a high elevation road that begins in Chengdu of Sichuan on the east and ends at Luasa in Tibet on the west. The road is two hundred. The road is two thousand one hundred and forty-two kilometers long. Sure. The Sichuan Tibet Highway, originally called the Kangding Tibet Highway, uh, takes you through vast open landscapes with majestic peaks vaulting skyward. The plateau areas are dotted with castellated Tibetan homes and an infinite number of contentedly munching yaks. (laughs) (laughs) Travellers can enjoy the magnificent and changeable scenery ranging from warm spring to cold and snowing weather, snowing winter, which makes you intoxicated. The trip may take around 15 days if you are not in a hurry. Sure. The Sichuan Tibet Highway is also infamously known for bad driving surfaces and sharp mountainside hairpins. Driving along single track sections in bad weather can be a great challenge to a less experienced driver. Landslides and rock avalanches are common. The road stretches into Lahasa passing Ya'an. Garze and Chamdor. Sichuan Tibet Highway traverses 14 high mountains which average 4,000 to 5,000 meters, spans dozens of famous rivers, crosses primitive forests and numerous dangerous sections. Oxygen is scarce too, only half of that at sea level. Oh lord. The road makes 99 harrowing switchbacks along a 38-kilometer stretch as it swings down the mountainsides, starting at the 4,658-meter Yellow Mountain before descending nearly 1,200 meters to a dangerous bridge. Drivers must be must contend with regular landslides coming down from the cliffs, and the army stands on guard at the pass 24 hours a day. Why? Probably because of all the landslides uh, and all. The, but so with this road, you literally go from like green scenery to snow in one drive. Like it's that's so weird. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of landslides and things, and they just want the gods to like maybe if there's a, like accident and things. Oh, I see. Okay. To so be no, there, so that no dispute. <clears throat> yeah, basically. Uh, rain, ice, and a host of other chilly winter challenges last for close to 10 months, making driving along this road a treacherous journey, even for the most experienced driver. The road is not paved, paved, which makes it a mud trap during the rainy season. Oh, Lord. 
you will often come across thousand car jams stretching for miles. Okay, so I'm guessing that's why there's 24 hour guards. Mm. The real danger is not in getting stuck in the jam, but in the hostilities that crop up among board drivers. There are constant fights, theft, harassment, and even kidnappings for money when drivers are stuck in the mud for weeks. Jesus. So I'm guessing that's why the gods are there. Mm. Uh, the construction of the highway began in April 1950, and on December 21st, 1954, it was open. Sichuan-Tibet Highway is the most dangerous but most beautiful road route, where you can feel the real nature. Snow mountain peaks, mountain passes, and deep gorges can be seen along the road route. In China, the number of deaths caused by car accidents had nearly doubled in the past 20 years. Sure. Climbing from 3.9 to 7.6 per 100,000 of the population between 1985 and 2005. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The sight of wrecked vehicles scattered along the highway are a common scene. Oh, I saw that image. Mm-hmm. In 2011, a bus was reported to have veered off the road and plunged into a deep ravine, killing 16 passengers. Shit. And that on that morbid note, that's how I'm ending this part. But um, yeah, so it's... Um, I think with this road, the most dangerous parts is obviously the mudslides and the and actually people robbing other people can't believe it mm-hmm. but at number six we have the james dalton highway in alaska mm. so it's that a, one. <laughs> yes ice road truckers mm-hmm. um, it's a 414 mile or 666 kilometers long road in alaska it begins at the Elliott Highway north of Fairbanks and ends at Dead Horse, an un- unincorporated community with the CDP of Prudhoe Bay. Um, it's near the Arctic Ocean and the Prudhoe Bay oil fields, which I still don't understand. But in yeah. any case, <laughs> moving on. Once called the North Slope Hall Road, a name by which it's still sometimes was known, it was built as a supply road to support the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline System in 1974. It is named after James Dalton, a lifelong Alaskan and an engineer who supervised the construction of the distant early warning line in Alaska, and as an expert in Arctic engineering, served as a consultant and early oil exploration in northern Alaska. The highway which directly parallels the pipeline as one of the world's most isolated roads in the United States. There are only three towns along this route. Damn. Three towns in a 666-kilometer stretch of road. But in any case, it's Coldfoot, Wiseman, and Dead Horse. Dead Horse. I know. The road itself is mostly gravel, very primitive in places, and small vehicles and motorcycle traffic carries significant risk. The nearest medical facilities are in Fairbanks and in Dead Horse. Anyone embarking on a journey on the Dalton is encouraged to bring survival gear. Fuck. Mm. Despite the remoteness, the Dalton Highway carries a good amount of truck truck traffic from the Prudhoe Bay. About 160 trucks daily in the summer months and 250 daily in the winter. 
<laughs> the highway comes with a few miles of the Arctic Ocean. Behind the highway's terminus at Dead Horse are private roads owned by oil companies, which are restricted to authorized vehicles only. There, however, commercial tours that take people to the Arctic Ocean. All vehicles must take extreme precaution when driving on the road and drive with headlights on at all times. Hmm. As of July 2013, 109 miles, which is 175 kilometers of the highway, are paved in several sections. Truckers on the Dalton have given their own names to its various features, including Taps, The Shelf, Franklin Bluffs, Oil Spill Hill, Beaver Slide, Surprise Rise, Sand Hill, Ice Cut, Gobbler's Knob, Finger Mountain, Oh Shit Corner, and the Roller Coaster. <laughs> Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> yeah. And Oh Shit Corner. Oh Shit Corner. <laughs> but yeah, that's the Dalton Highway. I mean, I used to watch Ice Road Truckers, mm-hmm. but it got. I don't know why, but I got very depressed while watching it, so I stopped watching it. Yeah. It was just very interesting to see how, because uh, truckers have a very interesting way of communicating with each other. Mm. But it's just so sad to see them there on one of those roads. Yeah. And it's just white no- all over you. And nothing around you, just you and the cameraman. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is quite depressing. Mm. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number five is Kalima Highway and Lina Highway, um, which is known as the Road of Bones, and it is in Russia. So the Road of Bones is the nickname given to the R-504 Kalima Highway in Russia due to the horrific history of its construction. The R-504 Kalima Highway is... 1,262 mile long Russian federal highway which traverses the Russian Far East and is part of the M56 route. Uh, The highway is in a region where the coldest temperatures outside Antarctica have ever been recorded and people consider as the coldest road in the world. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. Before 2008, the highway underwent a period of negligence, making it unusable. Currently, the road is an all-weather gravel road, and in 2008, it was granted the status of a federal highway road. Kalima Highway connects the Nizhny Bestiak town on the east bank of Lina River with Yakutsk and Magadan. The Kalima Highway is the only road in the area and is an, and it is known as Tupaka, which means the root. Chupaka? <laughs> no. <laughs> but close enough. <laughs> or Klimskaya Trasa. The region is extremely cold, particularly in winter. Um, Oymiakon town, which lies approximately 62 miles from the highway, is the coldest inhabited place. In the world, and temperatures can plunge to as low as minus 50 degrees centigrade. Jesus, that's cold. Minus 50 degrees Celsius. That is... That's puss cold. (laughs) Yeah, really, really freaking cold. Um, The nickname, the Road of Bones, 
speaks of the highway's horrific history. The road was constructed from the 1930s to the 1950s by prisoners using hand tools during the Stalin regime of the Soviet Union. During this time, political prisoners in Gulag provided the labor force needed for construction. During, during its construction, thousands of inmates died because of the unfavorable working conditions and the harsh cold weather. They shot many inmates dead for not, a, not working hard enough while others died from brutal freezing conditions of the Gulag's camps. The bodies of the dead inmates were buried beneath the road or around the road. They thought it to be easier to bury the dead bodies in the permafrost than digging holes to bury them. So the highway is a memorial and therefore the name the road of bones. The road is extremely dangerous especially during winter which is 10 months long. Jesus. This is because of the reduced visibility, the ice and the heavy snow. During summers, the conditions become even more extreme when mud becomes the worst enemy. Because of the permafrost during these months, there is no asphalt leading to traffic jams because of mud every time summer rain falls. <clears throat> during October, the road's condition is at its best when the surface is covered with ice. Hmm. So it's just basically always frozen. Jeez. Crazy. Ten months of the year, which gives you two months of summer. <laughs> two months of summer. And then it's just mud. <laughs> Fuck. So you go from ice to mud and then back to ice. <laughs> no wonder those people don't have a tan. Damn. Because two no months wonder... don't give you enough time to get a tan. <laughs> and no wonder there's the stereotype of vodka because I would drink vodka every day as well. Exactly. Oh my goodness. If there's only winter, no summer. Yeah, fuck. But in any case, at number four, we have to... Guoliang Tunnel Road in China. It is carved along the side of and through a mountain in China. The, China, the, the tunnel links the village of Guoliang to the outside through the Taihang Mountains, which are situated in Huizhang, Xinjiang, Henan province of China. I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> The village was named after the fugitive rebel during the Han Dynasty who had fought an overwhelming imperial force to a standstill utilizing the extreme local terrain. Before the tunnel was constructed, access to the nearby village of Guoliang was restricted to a difficult path carved into the mountainside. Now, I've seen photos of that path. It is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's if you even the most sure-footed person couldn't even walk there. Them. The village is nestled in a valley surrounded by towering mountains cut all from the outside civilization. After the, after the Chinese government refused to build the road, a group of villagers led by Shen Mingjin made plans in 1972 to carve a road onto the side of the mountain. They sold their livestock to raise funds to buy tools and materials. Thirteen villagers began the project with one dying during construction. Without access to power tools, they undertook construction mostly with hammers and chisels. At the most difficult stage, the tunnel progressed at a rate of one meter per every three days. Damn. One meter. 
for every three days. It is 1.2 kilometers or 1.0575 miles long, 5 meters tall or 16, meters, 16 feet, and 4 meters wide, which is 13 feet. Damn. It's not a very... No, big at all. The tunnel opened to traffic on the 1st of May, 1977. It is, its creation has turned the village into a tourist attraction. The tunnel is pretty scary with three windows of various sizes and shapes and has been dubbed as a road that does not tolerate many mistakes. Most accidents in the tunnels are primarily caused by neglect of the traveller. The tunnel, which sits 15 feet high and 12 feet wide, is only realistically enough for one-way traffic. Even with a smaller sedan, the road spares only a few feet on the other side as you pass through the tunnel. It's absolutely beautiful. Like, there's a lot of people that walk that path. I would walk it as well. But the windows. The windows were actually created so they can throw all the rubble out. Like, all the rock rubble out. Oh, that's why there's windows. So now it's basically just for people to to see. Yeah. See through. Oh my goodness. But it's absolutely breathtaking. But I would not drive there for any amount of money in the world. No, thank you. Like I said, it's beautiful, but I'd rather walk. There's a lot of people that walk there. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Okay. So, the next one at number three is Zoji. Zoji La Paz, um, which is in India. Zoji La is a high mountain pass at an elevation of 3,528 meters. That's very high. Which is 11,575 feet above the sea level. Located in Kargil district of Ladakh, Ladakh in India, the road to the summit is unpaved. It's called National Highway 1. It's a spectacular mountain road pass with stunning views and heart-stopping moments. Located within the Himalayas mountain range, the long and winding road offers hell of an experience with challenges, which challenges you and puts your riding skills to test. The pass, also known as Zojila or Zojila, sits on the way from Baltal and Matayen. The winding road is 25.8 kilometers long. It's so narrow that a car can fit through and heavy vehicles find difficult to maneuver due to the to incline and narrow road width. The pass links amid Le in the western Himalayan mountain ranges and Srinagar and provides an important link between Ladakh and Kashmir. Kashmir Driving four-wheel drive is recommended due to uneven surfaces. The Zozilla Pass is frequently named as the entrance to Ladakh in Jammu and Kashmir. Kashmir. The Zozilla Pass is considered one of the riskiest passes in the area. During and after a storm, the road may be impossible, even with a four-wheel drive vehicle and can easily get muddy if it rains, making it challenging to get through. The zone experiences high winds and heavy snowfall, which render it impossible for much of the winter. Even when the sun is shining, the roads are narrow and the drops are steep and there's no barrier between you and the abyss. 
Oh shit. Yeah. It's the lifeline that keeps the people of Ladakh in touch with the rest of the world. If you look at the sharp mountain edges to find a road, there you will see only a thin line. That's the road. Nothing more than a one-rail, crumbling dirt trail that hugs some of the tallest mountains in the world. With this imminent death waiting for those who show up unprepared, needless to say, conquering this beast requires relentless driver attention along with reliable set, a reliable set of wheels. The pass has an, a remarkable position, bordered by Kashmir Basin on one side and Dras Basin on the other side. It overlooks snow-covered summits and dense strip of jungles. In 2018, the government of India approved the Zoji Latano project. It's a 14.2 kilometer long road tunnel which will further reduce the time to cross the pass from more than 3 hours to just 15 minutes. The pass remains closed half of the year because of the intense snowfall and opens in the latter part of the spring season. Though the Border Roads Organization is working on to extend traffic to most parts of the year. The Beacon Force unit of the BRO is responsible for clearing and maintaining maintenance of the road during winter. The Ro Border Road Organization takes two months to clean the National Highway in the Zozilla Pass area. On certain occasions they complete their job before time. Arid climate makes their work simple, due to which the highway opens earlier than expected. So at number two, we have the North Yungas Road, and it's called the Road of Death. The road connects the Bolivian capital of La Paz with the low-lying region of Yungas in the Amazonian rainforest. In order to do so, the road must traverse the mighty Cordillera, Oriental mountain chain. Starting from La Paz, the world's highest capital, at 3,660 meters in altitude. That's fucking <laughs> Yungas Road first climbs to 4,650 meters at La Cumbre Pass and then makes a steep descent to the town of Coroico at the altitude only at 1,200 meters. This drop of over 3,650 meters is one of the longest stretches of continuous downhill road in the world. Huh. By some estimates, between 200 and 300 people die a year on the road. Built in the 1930s by Paraguayan prisoners during the Chaco War, at places it was cut into the steep cliffside. One side of the road is solid rock and the other falls off onto a 600 meter abyss. Damn. That's very high. Most of the road is only 3.5 meters wide and some sections are unpaved without guardrails. Warm and humid winds from the Amazon hit up the eastern slopes of the Andes, bringing heavy rains and fog drenching the already dangerous road in torrents of water. There are numerous mudslides and tumbling rock and small waterfalls occasionally rain down from the cliff sides. To make matters even worse, one is likely to meet groups of cyclists on the road. Internet fame turned this road into a destination for extreme sports enthusiasts, especially downhill bikers. At least 13 riders have died in various accidents in the last 10 years. 
Besides safety, travelers should keep in mind that the downhill ride offers a change in temperature from freezing to sweltering. Thus, they should dress accordingly. Damn. So please, dress accordingly. <laughs> the government of Bolivia is trying to improve safety on, the, on its roads, but construction is much, in such extreme terrain is costly and slow. The northernmost section of the original road has been replaced by alternative route for the modern and much safer two-lane motorway. Hmm. But, um, again, with Top Gear, they had a Bolivian special, and that was a very, 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 one, funny special, but it was absolutely horrendous. There's this one time where um, Jeremy Clarkson had to pass another car, and it was literally by a waterfall. And as he was drawing on literally the edge of the road, some of the rocks started to give way. Oh, shit. Underneath his tires. It was so fucking scary. Damn. No. Nope. And also they got uh, altitude sickness as well. There was a one road that could choose between two roads. It was one that was um, a shorter, but it's going to be higher altitude. And so they took the, the shorter road. And they only got about halfway. They were so high. I think they were about over 2,000 meters above sea level. And they, they got very sick. Yeah. Uh, lightheaded, yeah. nauseous. Mm-hmm. You sort of get delusional. And they decided to go back to take the longer road. Because it's all, all, the, the road also is close to an uh, active volcano as well. Damn. Mm. Fucking dangers all over. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, that was the North Yungas, the road of death. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> well, at number one is Kila to Pangi Road via Kishtwar, India. Terrifying high mountain trail with a length of 114 kilometers located at the eastern extremity of the Kishtwar district of the Jammu region in Jammu and Kashmir, India. So it's very close to where the other one in India is as well. Mm. Um, it's a narrow, windy road with no guardrail or secure edging for about a hundred miles. Jesus. With views of the valley thousands of feet below. The road is part of the National Highway 26, running along the Shinab River. The surface of the road is gravel, stones and sand. And it's carved on into the side of a cliff. The one-lane path has no guardrail, and the overhanging cliff is so low that the cars barely fit. With over a two thousand feet drop and rocks hanging down, obstructing your view of con- oncoming traffic. The road starts in Kila, uh, in the Lahaul and Spiti district in the Indian state of. Himachal Pradesh, at an elevation of 2,524 meters, which is 8,280 feet above the sea level, and end, ends in Kishtwar, in the Kishtwar district of the Jammu region, a town of an elevation of 1,638 meters above sea level. This track can get very muddy and slippery after rain, making it challenging to get through. During and after a storm, the road may be impossible, even with a four-wheel drive vehicle. <laughs> the Border Roads Organization and J&K State 
SPWD have done a brilliant job by constructing roads in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's like congratulating yourself for just, you know, making your bed. (laughs) Um, A record number of people have sacrificed their lives to make this road a reality. There are some narrow sections scarcely wide enough for two cars, where if two vehicles have to pass each other, one might have to reverse for some kilometers of winding narrow road to get to a place wide enough to pass. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is fuck. Yeah. In many places, the road is bordered by a drop of hundreds of meters, unprotected by guardrails. People who are scared of heights or claustrophobic must not venture to attempt this ride. So we shouldn't go. You know, <laughs> with a vertical drop of a thousand of thousands of feet straight into the Shinap River, it is definitely for the brave hearts. This route is not recommended if your passengers are prone to car sickness. So Megan, no, no I can't go. <laughs> Traversing this road, call caution, confidence, and consideration towards oncoming, oncoming traffic. There is little room for error on this road. Stick to the center, as the edges can sometimes simply come, crumble away. It's nicknamed the cliffhanger due to the narrow passage where cars rarely take this route. Forget buses. Some of the turns are crazy with plenty of blind spots. Snowfall can leave the valley in complete isolation. Avalanches, heavy snowfalls and landslides can occur anytime. Open to all motorized vehicles, however, strongly recommended for high clearance four-wheel drive vehicles. Mm. Yeah. I saw the pictures. It is... I saw as well. It's scary. It's scary. You can't see shit. (laughs) And they say you literally need to reverse for kilometers Mm. to be able to pass a car. Jesus. Like, what? Uh, No, thank you. (laughs) I'd rather stay home. Yeah. (laughs) um, I'm good. I'm good. I'll sit with our um, measly measly, uh, traffic and our... um, Mountain passes. Yeah, I'm I'm good. And the thing is, if we're already scared to drive our mountain pass, imagine that mountain pass. I would die. I would just die. If they have to do my death certificate, she just died. (laughs) Just just died. (laughs) Dead. Dead. (laughs) Not natural causes. Just dead. (laughs) But in any case, that was the uh, 10 most dangerous roads of the world. I hope you enjoyed this one. And head on over for Patreon if you want to go listen to our very first episode. Yay! Yay. So go and listen to that episode. Uh, not to subscribe. Yeah, so subscribe to pay and get the uh, um, episode. The episode, yes. 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 And also don't forget to follow us on all of the social medias. Please do um, share with your friends. Share with your friends. Yes. Um, and it is Zombie Chickens Podcast on all social medias, on all platforms, mm-hmm. as well as Patreon. And, yeah. That's that. That's that. Oh, next month is going to be about fears. So I'm quite yes. excited about this one. So stay tuned for June, the month of fear for us. Mm. 
Wat wat? Cheers for years. Cheers for years.